Hi everybody, this is God Sad. I wasn't planning on doing a Sad Truth clip at, uh, what is it, 9.32 p.m. I'd uh, settled in after a very long day working on uh, the second round of the galley proofs for my forthcoming book, The Sad Truth About Happiness. I hope you have pre-ordered your copy. If you haven't, please do so right away. Uh, and anyways, so I was just settling in and uh, earlier today I uh, found out that... Uh, Donald Trump was indicted by the uh, by Alvin Bragg, uh, the Democrat uh, DA in uh, Manhattan. Now, I'm an immigrant who, as many of you know, came to Canada and then, of course, you know, lived also in the U.S., studied in the U.S., had several professorships in the U.S. Immigrants like me who come to Canada or the U.S., we come to these places because we truly see how anomalous the societies that were built in the West are in the context of the history of human societies. They're anomalous. They're outliers. And what makes them great societies is not that the U.S. has uh, the big, you know, a big military or a lot of atomic bombs or nuclear bombs. It's that they have a set of astoundingly unique values that broke the mold when it came to how society should be run. For much of our history, we've always been run by dictatorial rulers. They could be autocrats, they could be theocrats, they could be emperors, they could be sultans, they could be kings, they could be... Uh, just ideologues that are atheistic, but human history is littered with societies, with nations, with states, with tribes, with counties that are ruled by dictatorial fiat. And that's the reality throughout human history. And here comes the West following, you know, a, a long trajectory of uh, liberating values and you created societies where for the first time ever you truly have individual dignity freedom of speech freedom of inquiry you have a what makes the united states great is that you have these unbelievable values deontological values deontological principles that were unassailable for a very long time and the greatest danger to the United States, and I, I only use the United States because it is the most powerful nation, certainly over the past century at least. What makes the United States so great is that you, these values were unassailable. Now, that doesn't mean that the United States did not have you know, a checkered history. It doesn't mean that it's a perfect society, but at least... You know, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, there, there are enshrined principles there that made sure that everybody from around the world looked at that model, that epitome of how a society should at least be organized and said, I want to be a part of that. That's why till today, people are trying to get in from all over the world. They're not running to get to Cuba or to North Korea or to Russia or to China. They're trying to get into the United States because of those values. Now, what's happened over the past, 
Well, I would argue that the problem has been happening, as I explained in the parasitic mind for a while. These idea pathogens that have spread, all of which were proliferated on university campuses, and now they are normalized in every nook and cranny of society. What has happened is that most people in power, and I hate, I hate to say it, but it's the truth, leftist politicians are fully orgiastic in their commitment to consequentialist ethics. So going after Donald Trump when it is a violation of deontological principles to be going after him is unimportant because getting rid of him is more important according to their calculus. Therefore, you have a, a sham first impeachment. You have a sham second impeachment. Before these impeachments, you had a sham Russia, Russia, Russia. You now have a sham indictment. Any decent person, again, people think that, you know, I'm a Trump guy. I mean, how many times do I have to repeat it? I truly don't have a vested interest in Trump or in the Republicans or in conservative, uh, you know, uh, value American values, right? I'm I'm so about as socially liberal as they come on many issues. I am very conservative on other issues. I I choose, you know, where I fit on the political continuum based on the specific idea. I could be super hawkish when it comes to uh, criminal justice, where I think that people should suffer the consequences of their criminal actions all the way up to the death penalty. I could be super, quote, hawkish on immigration policies where I believe that countries should have intact borders. But I don't care whether you're gay and whether there is gay marriage. I'm, I, you know, I am pro-choice, even though it's an issue that causes me a lot of, uh, you know, it's a, it's a moral conundrum. It's not an easy one. When it comes to transgender issues, Live and let live. Don't care. So I don't have a vested interest in Trump. But the reason why I defend Trump is because those who go after him, they're the ones who I consider to be profoundly more dangerous than Trump could ever be in when he puts on his worst villainous hat. right? Because what they are basically saying is throw away all of those values. Right? politicize politicization i mean, i know i'm mispronouncing that of the uh, you know of the justice system to go after your political opponents that's what banana republics are defined by that's how you know that a country is a banana republic right you know the 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 the, the weird stuff that happens where you change the the electoral voting laws where you argue that you know asking people to have their IDs in order to establish, oh, that's racism. Th that's what you see in banana republics. When, you know, when medicine has been parasitized by political ideology, where public health policy has been parasitized, when academia has been parasitized, when companies are parasitized, HR departments, scientific granting agencies, political system, the FBI, the justice system, what made the United States great is that there were these deontological principles that served as a Kevlar. It was a protective shield against the penchant for human hearts to be dictatorial, 
So you couldn't be dictatorial because there were all these checks and balances and these deontological principles that protected the country so that it can flourish under the ethos of individual liberty and individual dignity. Once you remove that the protective belt of deontological principles, then it doesn't take much for the country to be no different than any other country that has been, you know, that, that has existed throughout history, right? So it's not as though Venezuelans are inherently incapable of democracy, but Americans in their genes are somehow full of liberty. It's that there was this miraculous set of values that were enshrined and codified in the American experiment that made it the great country. So as I sit here today, and if I'm, I'm sure that very few super woke people listen to me, but maybe there are some who are never Trumpers and so on, I would ask you for a minute to stop and look at the bigger picture, right? There's the the Rod Blagojevich, the 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 former uh, governor of uh, Illinois, who was a Democrat, who he was just on Tucker Carlson. He said, look, you know, I was fired by Donald Trump. He put out a tweet, I think. I was fired by Donald Trump. I was freed by Donald Trump. He gave him clemency. And then I was effed by Donald Trump. Well, he came out and said, I'm a Democrat. I supported Obama. I supported Nancy Pelosi. I think it's a disaster what's happening to Trump. Right? Alan Dershowitz, the very liberal, I don't think he likes Trump. I think he's always voted Democrat, but he's a law professor, an emeritus professor from Harvard, has come out and said it's a, it's a travesty what, the, what has been happening to Trump. He's not a Trump fan, but his commitment to the Constitution, the deontological principles inherent to the American system are greater than any disdain that he might feel for Trump. So when I go after guys like Sam Harris, it's not because, like, grow up. It's not because I'm a 58-year-old man who's been a professor for 30 years. I've met Sam Harris once in my life. I don't care about Sam Harris, but I go after him and I and I mock him and so on because he is an exemplar of that. He's Today, he's jumping up and down in his Malibu home going, yes, yes, we, we finally got the asteroid that's hurling we cannot allow donald trump to be president he is the symptom of all of those so-called progressives donald trump represents the only cure whether you like him or not to the established corruption in the two-party system in the united states that's why even republicans you know don't scream and shout for all of the injustices that he's faced because both parties benefit from and hence the drain the swamp that Donald Trump promised. So he is an existential threat to the system as it exists. He is an existential threat to, you know, Sam Harris and his friends. You see my progressive lisp? They're smarter than you, right? You're the great unwashed. You're the rubes. You're the plebs. I have all the fanciest credentials possible. I have the biggest, fanciest CV. I've been professor at UC Irvine and Dartmouth and Cornell and Concordia. And I've done it all so I could be part of the anointed ones. I could be part of the lisp, the progressive lisp. You see it? But I'm not because 
I have deontological principles. I don't wish to belong to the cool kids club that are consequentialists and hence are authoritarian fascists in their heart. I associate myself with the Green Beret and the, the, the commando trooper and the Navy SEAL any day and twice on Sunday more than I would with all of those progressive professors because those are the guys, the guys meaning the, the, the military guys, historically that would have been, I'd want to be in the trenches with them, not with Sam Harris and his progressive friends. You, you follow? So why am I taking time on a Thursday evening to, to speak to you? Because I see what's happening. I'm able to have, I could see the forest rather than the trees. I can ignore the love or hate for Trump as a person, or as I called it, he's an aesthetic injury to all the progressives. I can ignore that and see, is it a good idea for a Manhattan DA to indict a on, on charges that the federal government, who was very keen on bringing down Donald Trump, said repeatedly, there is no case here. I won't get into the legal details. I'll leave it for the lawyers to discuss. But from everything that I've read and heard, there is, a, there is a, as they say, a nothing burger. But there are optics. We'll bring him in. We'll finger, uh, do the fingerprinting. We'll have him in, in, in handcuffs. The optics will be bad. He has to not be allowed to run again because he is really leading in the polls. And therefore, if we couldn't get him by first impeachment, we couldn't get him by Russia, Russia, we couldn't get him by second impeachment, we'll now get him with this indictment. If the indictment doesn't stick, it doesn't matter, we will still have gotten him because a lot of independents won't vote for him. Remember my words, what just happened today might be the reason why he does become president in 2024. So all of you haters in, in the Malibu Progressive Club who are sipping tea with your lisp, with your castrated invertebrate lisp, might root a day that today happened. Be decent. Think bigger. You hate Donald Trump? That's fine. There are a million reasons to find him objectionable. But the deontological principles in the Bill of Rights, in the Constitution, the protective belt that has made the United States what it is, should be an inviolable set of principles that supersedes your hatred for Donald Trump. Good luck, United States. You've had a good run.